came to podcast for all mankind. I'm Jason Snell, joined as always here on the NASA Vending Machine by Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. I just want to say I'm a proud alum of Spiro T. Agnew High School. <sighs> wow. Um, this is season four, episode eight, Legacy. And remember the other week when we couldn't remember what happened to Sergey? <laughs> yeah. I felt bad about that. Someone come in, I was like, because I, you know what? It was in the interim, I watched over on Not Playing. Lex and I watched Goodfellas. And I feel like the end, the like what happens to Sergey is oh, yeah. scripted from the end of Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. I, I wrote I down the classic it. witness relocation, robe, newspaper. It's a classic. I, I you yeah. know, uh, it, yeah, it's Henry Hill at the end of Goodfellas. Um, I do feel bad that we that we thought, or I thought definitely that Sergey had just died because I remember him not being well. But he was not being he well. Died on not, the, he died on the way back to his home planet. Jason. Mm, he got beat up a lot by the KGB, but then they they did get him out. And uh, and so in this episode, uh, we we see Sergey who is in I, Iowa. <laughs> I did not have this on my bingo card. I gotta be no. honest. Not just because we forgot what happened to him, but like the show, oh, an episode opens with Sergey, and I was like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, he 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 is a science teacher at Spiro T Agnew High School, which makes me laugh because of course parallel world Spiro Agnew is not the resigned in disgrace vice president apparently. Uh, he's he's got enough that he is has a high school named after him. I just parallels I just enjoy parallel universe, parallel timeline playing out differently. Uh, he's he's got uh, a wife. They uh, they watch TV. Uh, Just shoot me. I think is on TV. Yes, David Spade, David Spade. and uh, Rico Colatoni. And uh, uh, he's eating ice cream, and he's just like living that American life until he hears Margot on his TV, and his wife says, "Oh, they thought they sh- she died in that bombing. Remember that." Oh, but he, you know, he continues to turn left and go to Spiro T. Agnew Mm -hmm. High School until one time, the next time, he's thinking about Margot and he's distracted and somebody honks at him and he makes the right turn. And if Doctor Who didn't, you know, if Doctor Who taught us anything, it's that your whole life can change if you turn right instead of left at a T intersection. Hit Interstate 35 or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, in Iowa. Well, I mean... That part is different in Doctor Who, but yeah, it's the same idea. Also, it, it, they're on the other side of the street, so is a light, turn right is turn left, and turn left is turn right. Anyway, anyway don't overthink it. Sergey, so Sergey. Oh my goodness. Um, we let's let's follow the, the plot on on Earth. We'll we'll do it that way this time. Hobson checks in on Margot. Um, at the Molly Cobb Space Center in Houston and uh, just how she's doing. And then I'll walk you to the conference room. She's got guards. She's been guarded by both sides. Uh, the walk down the hallway. I was hoping for, to see a vending machine. We didn't see one, but it's super awkward. Yeah. Lots of awkward hellos and people being like, oh, look at the time. we got to go. Um, Hobson tells, uh, says, okay, brief us on the plan. Um, and then uh, let's see. what what Where does it go next? Uh, oh, Margot tries to talk after the meeting ends. There's a there's a cut to Mars there, but after the meeting ends, tries to a little small talk with Alita, like, "So how's your how's your your husband? How's your kid?" And she's like, "You got to understand, we're working together. You don't get to ask me personal questions. Like, I'm still mad at you, 
because of all the reasons, all the yeah, very reasons. good reasons I have the, to be mad. Video, at you. Yeah, yep. Faked your death. Uh, conspired with the KGB. You know mm-hmm. the usual. Mm-hmm. I did. I really enjoy the next scene where Margot is working at the hotel, and she gets a room service burger. <laughs> yeah. Just like I have been in the Soviet Union for a very long time. She's, she's listening to her jazz. Yeah. She's drinking a Diet Coke. You know, she's living up a good American life there. Yeah, this is her. Yeah, it's her favorite jazz radio station from Houston. The whole thing is going on. It's just a little touch, right? The, this reminder to, to Marco that of what, what she left behind all those years ago when she went. Uh, did they say it's like seven years ago? But they yeah, say that once, something at, like that. It's late point. '90s, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is still this is two. I think we're in 2003. Four? I don't know. I think that I think that there's a seven, time jump somewhere I think here. Seven years ago is what, or eight years? Eight years. Alita says. Um, so, because that happens in the next scene. Uh, oh, Sergey. So, where does Sergey go? He goes to Alita. Yeah. And he and he interrupts her, and she's like, "What the hell?" Right. <laughs> Like, what are you doing here? Oh my god! Sergei? Of all the people in the world that you would expect to see in her driveway, Sergey is not any of those people. Because, uh, like, pr- presumably he is like gone into witness protection. He's like gone. He's just a mystery. Nobody even knows whatever happened to old Sergey. Uh, but he says you're the only person who might understand, which is super accurate, right? Like people close to Margot, there are not. Werner von Braun died, right? Like, there's no, yeah. there are not that many left. But like these two people were super close to Margot. So, um, he tells Alita his perspective on her story, which is interesting, right? Because it's like, it's not quite the same story. Dan, this is really interesting, right? Like, there's Sergey's version of Margot's story, Margot's story. And Alita's version of Marco's story, and I feel like we we know some of it, but like some of what he says here is kind of new information. Some of it's not, but like he says, "Look, they threatened to report her unless she cooperated. She wouldn't, and she refused. And then they started, as we know, to strangle me in front of her. I guess we knew most of this stuff, but it's like it's putting yeah, it in the perspective of like it, yeah. from from his perspective." versus Alita's perspective. It's like, you got to understand, she was loyal until they started to strangle me in front of her, at which point she sacrificed everything to save my life. And that, and then she's like, but, but, and and she's like, but she let us think she was dead for eight years. And he's like, you do not understand how the Soviet Union works. Yeah, yeah. She was a bird in a cage. That's what she was. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Americans should have some conception of that. Like, you know, come on. The statement that she's giving during her defection, which we see again here in this episode, definitely has the feel of one read at gunpoint. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. Anyway, yes, I I like this. looking for reasons to be mad at Margot, though, right? So it's very easy for her to be like, well, even if that's all true, why did she leave us, let us think she was dead for eight years? And and, and Sergei's like, come on. What's she going to do? And we know, good callback here, because he's like, you know, you go to the Soviet Union, you're a bird in the cage. That's what you are. And uh, remember the first time we see Margot this season, as she leaves her apartment, she looks over to the guy who's the KGB guy who's just watching her all the time. Like, she is absolutely in a cage. Um, And, and then Alita's like, I don't know how to forgive her. And Sergey is like, 
I understand, but where would you be today without her? She believed in you. She believed in me. And basically, I need to talk to her. I need to help her. He he doesn't say it, but it's basically like she's in trouble and I need to talk to her. Um, Really, really interesting. And so the the next moment with them is basically... Uh, Margot sitting in the observation lounge behind Mission Control. Um, new chair, she says. That's kind of funny. Um, Alita hands her some folders, including in one of the folders, for like, oh, we're working on this thing and whatever. And there's a post-it note with code on it. And she decodes it. And it's it's a, a geolocation for a, a for a meet. Um, what, is it, what does it all mean? But, you know, Margot's going to be able to figure out the secret code. It's not a problem. Um, so yeah. Sergey is waiting at at the diner um and she she hasn't shown and he goes out to the parking lot and get you know she's in the parking lot of course she is and he says, i wondered how she no, got go away ahead. from her uh her kgb detail there she did she must have done some neat jobs slipping that net there cause... i feel like all the things that allowed her to be uh passing information to the soviets allow her to escape from a Sure, Houston hotel room, but yeah, I do wonder that too. But the, the the show does not want us to think about it, right? Like it's just like somehow she got there. Try trust me, she got there. And what Sergey says here is very interesting, right? It's like you're not safe because, and here is our moment. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. Who is Arena? Arena was my handler at the KGB from the beginning. She's the one who destroyed both of our lives. You cannot go back to the Soviet Union, and that's I, where we leave it. I really love this because the whole thing with Sergey even though he's married and we know he seems to have a you know really relatively happy home life oh, there's ice cream you know, we, just shoot me yeah uh we we also know they had a connection Sergey and Margot mm-hmm. right and i think the whole thing is kind of set up to feel like almost like a romance right like he's like i need to talk to her you know i i right. can't believe she's still alive all this and you feel like he's gonna show up and it's gonna be this joyous reunion and it's not even that right no. he just opens with like oh yeah she's gonna she's gonna do bad stuff to you yeah <laughs> like, you gotta get out of it i what i thought was a great a great just perception shift from what mm-hmm. you expect to mm-hmm. what we're actually talking about and of course you know in retrospect when that secret gets dropped it's it shouldn't be a surprise. We already knew Arena knew him, and we were knew she yes. was KGB and all of this. But like, it just connects all the dots in a mm-hmm. very, a very nice well, way. That's like, oh yeah, that that, that, that is line, bad. That line where she's like, I worked with Sergey, and I think she she's leaving the implication there that she worked with Sergey at the space agency, right? Right. Yes. And now you look back and you're like, oh, she worked with Sergey in the sense that she was uh, controlling him. For the KGB. Yeah. Good. Good setup. Good setup all around. And holding Sergey also, I think, really great. Like, I thought he was dead, even though then all of our listeners wrote in and said, no, he's not dead. And I had forgotten that he's in witness protection, which is great, because then we get to this episode and I laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Even that, even the the witness protection thing, like, it felt like could have been an ending for him, right? He Could, goes uh, oh, into yeah. hiding and that's it. Yeah. There's no he's got no story left. I, he goes off and becomes a teacher and we never see him again. Let me tell you, if I ranked who I thought would be in this season, Sergey would absolutely have been <laughs> below Danny. Mhm. Mhm. Um Yeah, sure. And not Dev. I was pretty I, I thought Dev would be back. Danny I thought would probably be back at some point cuz they have to really address it. Uh Sergey, I was like I feel like we 
we told Sergey's story. I mean, first, also then, then yeah. later, I I forgot what his story was, and I thought he was dead, and that made it very unlikely he would come back. But <laughs> well, um, Sergey was like slightly, uh, slightly ahead of Wayne, and Wayne got a name check, yeah, which Wayne, was more than I thought. Right, <laughs> right. As as a popularizer of marijuana, Wayne. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I th- this is all really great, and it, it it spins the story in an interesting direction. Which I okay. I have thought for a while now, and I think I said it on the podcast, that Margot going back to Houston or mm-hmm. Margot's precarious position in the Soviet Union in general has made me think that Margot's going to make a break for it. Oh, Whether yeah. it's yeah. in space, which is what I thought originally it was going to be, is that she was going to find a way to get to go to space and she was going to be like, I'm never going back. But now it's like, or maybe she's just going to make a break for staying in the U.S., um, it, it it's interesting either way um and she may not succeed right like she may not succeed but like this is uh not not quite how i thought it would play out but i i like it i think it's uh, adding even more cuz this is what the show does is just ramp up all the tension to the very end of the of the season yeah, I, we're getting closer i agree so. i i thought it was nice and it gives some nice closure with those characters i also just enjoy the idea of waiting to see <laughs> Uh, Margot go back and be like, so I know I defected, but what if I what, defect what if back? I, what if I don't? What if I undefect? Can I undefect? Is that an option? Can I do that? Yeah, like, I, I just looking forward Hobson. to that conversation. Like, like, does you do you go to Hobson and say, hey, Hobson, um, you gotta yeah. you gotta Hob- get me out of this? Well, because this is this is a real issue too, right? Because that that is not only not only is it personally difficult for her, but it is a political like well, you know yeah bomb i mean because right? they're in the middle of working with the russians exactly. to capture this asteroid exactly. and that is going to literally blow all of this up it makes me wonder if there's going to be a, a a scene where she does go to hobson and say you got to get me out of this and he's like i can't he's like i can't do that i can't because yeah. it will destroy our relationship with the soviets and it's super fragile and we're working on this asteroid together yeah and, and, and you have to it, fake it, your death again yeah well and it's not like um it's not like she doesn't necessarily face charges, right? I mean, she could face. I mean, what magnifies treason charges like defecting, right? Like, I mean, it was yeah, bad enough passing right. secrets, but now she's defecting, so she may not want right. to do that. That's why I keep thinking about: is there a way to get her in space? Because then she right, could be like, like, "See you, suckers! I'm in space now." Plus, I don't know. Plus, the the Americans when she defects, the Americans are gonna be like, "All right." You know, we know she's out there. We'll keep an eye on her. When she defects back to America, the Russians are going to be like, "We kill need to her. assassinate her. Yeah. We need to kill her." So yeah. that is that is very risky. So I think you're, part of it. I think you're right. Is is space maybe the answer? Uh, I think the other part of it is well, maybe Margaret doesn't survive this season. Maybe not, <laughs> or that, or maybe she just gets put, you know, dragged back to the Soviet Union. That's just how ooh, it is, right? Boy, like it. sad. I don't uh, know. I I do give a I do want to give a call out to Piotr Adamczyk who plays. I assume you're playing pronouncing his name right who plays sergey yeah. i thought that scene that scene where he makes the turn and the look mm-hmm. the the look on his face mm-hmm. like he has this almost glee as he like takes that turn to the right and i thought he just totally captured that fe- a feeling of oh. it of this idea of like i am i gonna do this am i gonna do this yeah i'm gonna do this yeah. and like he really he really nails it it Great is bit of work there. also i i i would have to go back and check but I did feel like in the high school scenes, he was um, he was trying to get across a, that he's got a more Americanized accent. 
A little bit, yeah. Just a little, which I liked. I liked the idea that, you know, maybe I was I was hearing things, but like I, I wanted to I wanted to have that idea of like he's trying to assimilate a little bit more. Yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, makes, I mean he he's can. still going by he's still going by Sergey. Right. I don't remember he has a last name that he has that one he has that one student yeah. in the class who's like clearly is kind of I think intended to be a you know, cut from the Margot Alita cloth or yeah, whatever, sure. who's like knows the answer to all the questions or whatever. Okay. Um, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, he does he does a great job with that of like, hey, this is my lot and I'm happy with it. Like, hey, I'm alive, I'm in the United States, I'm free, etc. Like, who am I to be someone who is un- upset with the state right. of my life? It could right. be so much worse. But yeah. he still has Torture that nagging dissatisfaction. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's great. It's bit. true. Because he's he has, you know, living a different life and he's not like Margot at the beginning where who wants to be involved like I don't know if he wants to be right. involved in space yeah. stuff anymore but like that was his entire career and now he's a science teacher so yeah you know it is a very different thing for him no it's good to see him again and and this sets Margot off I you know I just I really enjoy this season's whole tension about Margot I thought that was a weird decision last season to sort of sent her to the Soviet Union. It was sort of inevitable as she was passing secrets to the Russians, but like it has led to a lot of very interesting drama this season with this mm-hmm. idea that we have a, one of our main characters who's become a defector and what the personal fallout is from all of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, um, really good stuff. Okay, on Mars, the rest of our plot. Ed meets with Sam our friend, the pilot, and also the would-be strike leader, labor leader. Um, and she's mad at him and and mad at Dev because Dev broke, basically broke the strike. And she's, um, uh, you know, but the idea here is that the fight isn't over, Ed says. Um, he's trying to get her involved with Dev's new plot. So it's like, well, yeah, I know, I know you're mad at us because of that, but trust me, there's another game going on here. That's a bigger game because essentially they were like fighting over relevance of Mars and keeping their jobs and the strike gets broken and they're very angry. And then Ed's like, no, 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 actually, we've got a plan to keep Mars at the forefront here and you got to you got to work with us on this one. Um, Also, the crackdown is happening following the strike being broken. Palmer, our uh, guy who turned in Ed and all of that, that I, I sort of defended for being a pro and he's still being a pro, I guess he's following orders. He shuts down. The speakeasy, they weld yep. the holes to the sub levels down and lock out the elevator controls. Whew. It is it's getting it's Danielle, getting a little dicey in there. Yeah, Danielle you know? is 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 uh exerting her authority to take control of this station after the lawlessness and you know, and that accident that happened like of the last, you know, few weeks right. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, with the um uh the, the refinery issue right so there's a lot happening there yeah um yeah i uh i I thought that was interesting to have like you know ed is like you know giving him a whole a hard time still uh and um the shutting down the bar seems risky right the morale is gonna go down and but like i feel like they don't care they've got this whole security detail thing happening and it's uh seems like bad news getting a little ugly and also i think amps amps up the the atmosphere for what the what Dev and, and Ed are planning. Um, Kelly, meanwhile, remember Kelly has got her like robots, and they're going to go out and look for stuff, look for proof of life and other stuff. Um, and so she's going to take the hopper for three days and says to Ed, 
you got to watch Alex. You're going to babysit Alex. And he's like, what? Huh? <laughs> what? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to steal an asteroid here, he doesn't say. Yeah, don't you know? Don't you know? I'm in the middle of a, yeah, a heist. A, a plot is happening, and you want me to... And, and she says, in a maybe my favorite moment in the whole episode, <laughs> she says... It's like you always said, sink or swim, right? Sink or swim. And he says, that was terrible advice. <laughs> I did laugh out loud at that. Uh, also, the following, uh, when he looks at Dev and goes, we need a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Which they do find. Um, so, Dev has his plan. We need to end the, We needed to end the strike, he says to Sam. But now, what we need to do is change the course of human history. Uh, stop selling sugar water and instead steal an asteroid. Dev is like, full on Devin in this right. in this episode. Well, what do you want us? What do you want us to do? And here's the here's the idea. So here's our heist, Dan. Here's our plan. Uh, twenty five minute burn of the asteroid puts it in Mars orbit. A twenty minute burn puts it on the way to Earth. They're going to use a slingshot, but if they burn a little longer. It slows down further, and it'll go in Mars orbit. Now, I'm sure the orbital mechanics are way more complicated than this, but I think I feel like this is a pretty it plays fair. The idea here is that you strap the rockets on this thing and you burn, and there's two ways to go. One is we slingshot it back toward Earth, and the other is you burn it a little bit more, and it slows so much down that it's captured by Mars's orbit and it stays at Mars. And that is the plan: is how do we get it to do a 25 minute burn instead of a 20 minute burn, and we and and it stays here, and then they got to listen to us because it's not going back to Earth. Um, and so they, they decide they're going to build their own opscom, their own little mission control. Uh, there, the problem is there's a thing called a discriminator, which is a gadget that verifies all the commands are coming. It's like an it's encoded a, yeah. thing that all, all are coming Hardware. from the main opscom. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little box. It's like a 1U rack mounted thingy with blinky lights on it. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, well, we're going to need an inside man or woman to do this because the discriminator is on the rocket or the uh the 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 ship the, 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 the ranger ranger yeah, ranger yeah. that's it ranger yeah um and sam's like well they're never gonna let me do it because i was the strike breaker and dev says never say never because it's dev <laughs> right and they they do a little bit where they're like oh you know but sam and daniel's like no we can't use sam and dev's like i don't know i mean she's very talented and maybe we need like uh to bury the hatchet and 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 Danielle goes along with it. And she's like, "All right, well, I'll give him an olive branch, but Palmer, you know, I want I'm going to send you along I, too to watch to watch her." I particularly love because this is relevant to stuff happening in the news. That is point is uh, we can't we can't fire her because it could be reprisal for yeah. labor leading, and like basically, I'll get in trouble. Yeah, for right. I'll, be, I'll get sued. You can't I'll get sued. Be, you can't yeah, let her. For, for yeah for doing that. So we got to keep her on the oh on Dev. The ship. Oh, yes, that's right. It's just, oh, no, but I'll be sued. But Danielle's like, okay. She talks herself into it, right? Like, oh, we can use an olive branch here. The next part of the heist is they need to get stuff down from Phoenix, uh, which is an orbit undetected, at which Sam says, I know the guy because... <laughs> I, know, I know a guy. I know a guy because Miles. Miles. Uh, we'll get to Miles in a second. We... we, we uh, uh, the babysitter is in the hydroponics bay. That's where Alex has been left by Ed. He goes to check him. He's like, "Oh, he was right over there," uh, and he's dun, gone. Dun, dun. And uh, and Ed freaks out, and they go look, and he's going to go on the PA system, and then the, the the person in hydroponics finds him. But he was just looking for his grandpa. And again, the message here is Ed Baldwin, irresponsible. 
dad, grandpa. Uh, Yeah, not only that, but like also reminding us that Alex is the only kid on this entire planet. planet. Yeah, on the the planet, planet, right? Yeah, and that is, you know, this is not a situation, uh, especially with the crackdowns in security and everything. This is not a situation that you should really have a kid in. (laughs) So that's a whole separate element of stuff that's happening here is like, this place is not designed for children and it is going to be risky. Uh, stuff is going to happen and there's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting, uh, you know, we talked the previously about him being, you know, the first native Martian essentially. Uh, and even though he's at home here, it is not a good place to have a seven-year-old running around. <laughs> no, not a good idea. I mean, I, I, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but like, yeah. on one level, other than that it is on Mars, like, it, it's safe in a way. Like, he's not going to get run over. He's not going to get yeah. shot. Like, even even when he's put in much more danger by his bad grandpa, um, it, 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 the, the, I wonder about the peril. But, like, the point here is, like, still, it's irresponsible. Like, all Kelly yeah. is asking is, spend time with your grandson and watch him. And it is, like... He agrees, but like he's busy with a with a plot, and he's not gonna say, "Guys, let's not do the plot." I mean, the ticking clock. He ha- he has to proceed. So, um, but still, but still. Anyway, Miles is the guy to go to uh, to get that stuff. He says it's gonna be hard. They're really cracking down on security. Um, uh, Ed has a a little heart to heart with Dev about Alex, and Dev talks about mm-hmm. his father. And how it's going to be great, and birds fly backwards to see where they've been and know where they're going. Which I is that right? It sounds very poetic, but not actually right. But anyway, he says, "Be yourself." Alex will look back on you like I look back on my dad. Okay, I mean, Dev saying what needs what Ed needs to hear. I guess right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's. I mean, there's there is an element of truth i mean or or at least not just truth but like i don't know something intrinsic i I don't he's not lying about any of this right like right i you get the impression with his talking about how he you know he built the he he played with his his dad's models and he broke the model and then his dad basically sat him down and made him rebuild it all right and you can tell that was formative for him and that was important um but it is also yeah you can't even if it's true, Dev is a master manipulator, and it's hard to tell whether he's sincere, even if he's being truthful. Yeah, it's it's convenient uh, for him to do it, even though I don't think he's lying. Right. Exactly. Um, so we get another scene where Alex, uh, Ed's reading, and it's night. Alex is sleeping. Um, Alex wakes up. He says he's scared. Ed says, you're not afraid of me, are you? And he says, yeah, you look like a bear, which I, I la- like he bear. looks in the mirror. He laughs. He says, I used to read your mom a story when she was afraid of the dark. And he, he, and he starts to read a story to Alex, which is sweet. Um, setting up for bad grandpa later, though. Uh, meanwhile, at Coralip Crater, <laughs> Kelly and her crew are getting set up. And we have a big, long special effects shot of uh, Coralip Crater and whatever they're going to. And I'm split between, is this going to be a disaster or are they going to find something momentous? Yeah. Right. 
And what my, is that going to mean? My yeah, money is her. on momentous. My money is I that agree. she's going to discover something, maybe even, uh, maybe even alien life, but certainly something that's a big deal that's going to change the equation even further. Perhaps right at the end of episode ten is my theory on that one, but I don't know. Yes, I, well, that may be the setup for next season. It feels like could be, could be. Um, anyway, here's the, here's the plan, and you got you you love you love heist, Dan, right? Oh, I do. I'm, this is pretty I, I'm fun. ready for the heist. Like we're going to forge a requisition. My guy's going to swap it in with something more inconspicuous, like cereal or dehydrated mu- milk, and uh, that's how we're going to do it. Because then we're going to we're going to get them off, and they're not going to get put the the equipment's not going to get put in the secure storage because it's going to be posing as something else. We're going to we're going to swap it with something else. Um, but they get stopped. And the guy's like, open up this mo- box. He just doesn't, you know, doesn't trust them or whatever. And they open it up. And as Miles then says, after it's all done, Ilya always said, cover, cover your bases. They put the, the bags of dehydrated milk on top of the gear. Mm-hmm. Aha. So, uh, you know, thanks, Ilya, wherever you are, I guess, out working somewhere. I don't know. Um, he, he's, he's presumably around. Anyway, they set up Ghost Ops. Opscom 2, Ghost Ops. I think that's my favorite Tom Clancy uh, mm. branded novel. Sure, that's right. Not written by him, written many years after he died. But uh, anyway, so there's one problem. The discriminator is not in with the cornflakes. the one thing you needed. The thing that's they it. need the that most. That was the one thing. So, can't rebuild that with cereal, let me tell you. And they can't get in to the secure facility Except, well, there is this intake vent, but it's too small. It's too small for a- anybody on Mars. Nobody on Mars, on Mars could fit in there. Nobody is that small, except Alex. Oh, no. This is the moment where I, I think I texted you that I was yeah. getting very anxious. Very anxious. <laughs> let's and, not, and this is where I had that thought, which is like, Alex do I don't think Alex, like, if they catch him, they'll just catch him and be like, what, why are you here? And he's going to be like, oh, you know, my grandpa sent me. And then be like, okay, I'll be in trouble, but Alex will be okay. And I'm saying to myself, you know, really, there's... He's not really in that much jeopardy. I know Ed's being a bad a bad grandpa by using him this way, but he's not in that much jeopardy. At which point, the sound of boxes falling in the yeah. distance happens, and I'm like, he oh, has no. to climb. He has to climb up the shelf. Oh, it's all the way on the top shelf. Yeah. And Ed's like, Ed, to his credit, gets nervous and is like, hey, you know what? It's fine. Come back. It'll be fine. And, and they do Alex show like, him no, no. before he goes I in. They do. They he's yeah. like, you don't have to do this. And and I mean, I know he's talked yeah. it up. So it's like it's not. I'm not trying to say that it's okay. I'm trying to say that you you can see that Ed himself is like I, he's evolved I, a bit here. I, I you don't have to do this if you're not comfortable with it. But boy, it would be convenient if you would do this for us. Yeah. Uh, and Alex is like, yeah, sure, Grandpa. I'll go get a I'll go get a box, but. And we get that like l- nice little editing bit where the the boxes fall and the security guard outside is curious about the sound and so goes in and you're like oh no is Alex okay and is the jig up and the guy goes in and he's like ah oh, boxes and uh, cut to Alex emerging and pushing the box out and being like hey I got the discriminator at which point they all have a conversation and I'm like it was you could hear very clearly in the secure yeah, room when you were talking why, why to each you, other yeah why and are you a six guy feet away there. from this room shh. Be very, yeah. but they don't no, care. It's, uh, bad, it's bad, uh, bad opsec on that one. Yeah, Sorry, you should have. But they your... want the drama of that moment. Um, so they got all the pieces, which leads to a delightful final scene of this episode as Ranger burns to get go to the asteroid. Of course, Sam is on the the the, the bridge with everybody else on the deck. Palmer watching. You know, he's the cop. He's watching the whole scene. 
Sam is looking at the discriminator, which is blinking and blinking in a box in the middle of the control center where everybody is. And she says to herself, F me. The end. Yeah. Yeah, Also, I mean, I love that she makes the point earlier on, like, I have to swap out like a mission critical piece of hardware in the middle. Like, Like, come on, figure it out. You know, yeah, I, I'm just sitting there thinking like, okay, you can try to just swap it in. But like, if I know anything about computers, <laughs> you right? can't just be like, well, unplug this computer, plug in the new computer. Everything will work fine. And I'm thinking to you, be like, you just like uh, pour coffee on it and be like, whoops, well, let's get the backup <laughs> one. Or I, I don't know. Plan. I mean, clearly yeah, what we're going to get is that tension filled scene where Sam has to try and. Uh, replace the discriminator so that they can do their little plot which is not i did not have that on my bingo card for all mankind either but uh here we are heist where time this is a it is it's a heist they're stealing an asteroid I, I think it's hilarious that they're like nope we're There's, gonna do it we're gonna do it uh, i love this bit where they you know the it's the bit where they all go in to get all their equipment and they're all pushing their big carts and like mm-hmm. everything and they're doing the voiceover like here's what we're gonna do we're gonna yeah. go in with our car-. like this pulled it. directly from heist movies love it very solid. I enjoy even um, there's the bit where they have to sell Miles and Miles is now in the Ilya position, right? Where he's like everything business is great. I know they shut down my bar but like I'm fine. I got a nice tidy pile. I don't want to rock the boat too much. And they're like and then Dev who is probably the only person better at being a manipulator is like so what about being a billionaire? How would you feel about being yeah. a billionaire? Oh yeah, that that is a good moment. I did mention that, but they and, the, and afterward Ed is like, ooh, ooh, we're a billionaire. He says, look, you know, whatever works, right? Like, yeah. yep, yep. I um, this is the part where I wondered if there was a bit of a time jump because he mentions Miles says something about my tour is almost up and I'm going to go home, and I kind of was trying to figure out like how much time has elapsed here because he's running the bar now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw that, but I feel like it's probably been a little while. Well, I think they've definitely built in some time. Yeah. Although so, since the last the episode, the season, I, I don't know. Yeah, but not, like they, they not too much since the last one. But they I guess. they've stretched they've stretched it a little bit, and that's why we get we get that moment with it's like it's been eight years since Margot left because in right. episode one it it hadn't been that long we we've definitely extended a little bit in time but not too much because um the wounds are the still asteroid and, yeah, yeah, well the asteroid right at this point we're kind of in real time ish but um but there were there was time for some of that uh before um yeah. i don't know it, it is uh yeah as, the asteroid heist they're like going with it that after after last episode's final line about stealing an asteroid now we get this episode where sam is on the bridge being like whoa boy like uh, I don't know, it's it, it's this, so this is, is for all mankind. We got an asteroid yeah. heist and a potential de defection, uh, all happening at a uh, at a key moment for everything. It's just I'm wild. still honestly worried about this asteroid hitting something it's not supposed to. Right? I mean, that would be very for all mankind, right? Oh, it's going to hit Mars now. We did it. We we did it too long. It's going to kill everybody on Mars or whatever. I don't know if that's going to happen. Although, yeah, it would also be fun if they've been burning enough and it's like, oh, it's coming to Earth, but now we're going to save Earth or I don't know. I think they're probably the not going to do that. I but but I although I wouldn't put it past them to have like something break off. And hit right, a small piece hits something right, yeah. or or just that it causes, and this is the thing that it was the most for all mankind, which is it just causes a terrible accident in space that kills everybody on the spaceship, right? 
or somebody has to make a choice at some point of like, of course, all right, you can send it to Mars or it's going to, but if you do, all these people will die or or something. (laughs) Or you, now that you've stolen, here's the thing. uh, See, we haven't seen the last two episodes, so we're just, we're just guessing here, but like, we're spitballing. What if it was, they succeed at the heist in the next episode, but what has happened is that the ship is in danger and needs to be rescued. And so everybody's real tense mm. with each other, but they still have to basically go up to the Phoenix and go out there and, and rescue them. And everybody's at each other's throats, something like that as a, as a finale. I don't know. I'm still, I, I, oh, yeah. I still would almost put money down on Kelly making a big discovery and then having that oh, yeah, be a huge thing in the last episode. But I think that's the tag basically is my guess. But I, yeah, right. I don't know. I, I, and I, and I think we, you know, is it, is it ever too early to start the death pool on which, which oh, characters yeah. do not make it out of season four alive? I mean, Ed, a lot of candidates Ed, there. Ed and Margo are both, uh, yeah, top favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Also, I would say, I would say yeah. Sam and the, the whole crew mm. of the Ranger. I don't, mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's risky. It's risky. There's not, not, I mean, Sam and Palmer are really the only characters that we know, that we know yeah. on the Ranger. Right. So it feels like you could put the rest of them in danger without being too like, oh, we've decimated, like, you know, we've Ranger killed all, all these characters, you know. Ranger danger. Ranger danger. That's right. Um, That's next week. That's probably the name of yeah. the episode. Ranger danger. It's not. <laughs> episode nine, Ranger danger. Imagine. I um still, another, another good one, ratcheting up the tension. Yeah. The show does this oh, so yeah. well and they're still doing it. It's just, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate them being able to somehow, if not quite reinvent, at least like every season has, I always feel like, oh, is this the season where it's going to fall off a bit? And then they come in and they're like, yeah, we're doing a different thing. And here you go. And after like an episode or two, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm 100% on board. Like, you know, yeah. Miles, as a, we introduced Miles as like a big viewpoint character this year. And I was like, oh, Miles, he's just this, this dissatisfied grumpy guy who's ended up you know working in this no he's he's become he's the black marketeer who's got the connections and everything i don't know i mean i'm enjoying how they spin out these stories that i did not entirely foresee coming yeah absolutely i i've definitely um you know seen people complain about miles and like i don't know i kind of enjoy miles i mean he's a doofus yeah. and he makes oh, a sure. lot of bad decisions but he's no um Oh no, he's I, no I, Danny. He's, no, he's Danny. no Danny Stevens. He's no Danny at all. No, he and he serves a purpose, and like I, I, I'm okay with it. He he. I think they've handled him a lot better than they handled Danny, which isn't he's, hard. He is an interesting viewpoint as well because he is he isn't he isn't somebody in the structures. No, he's of not the a organizations hero. We've seen he's, right. Yeah, not, he, not a hero. He's not an astronaut. No. He's not a pilot or anything. He's just like. You know, we, we talked a lot about, like, what is the future of Mars, right? And and how do you get this past the point of being just an insta- installation run by NASA and the M7 right. and whatever to, like, are we going to... Like, this is what Dev's trying to do, right? Dev wants to be mayor of Mars or whatever. Right. And I think that's... The asteroid is a stepping stone to that president so, of Mars. Who knows? Yeah. So, um, also, just a theory here, but given that the heist is where they're going with this season now... In hindsight, I feel like the decision to have the big story about the black market fitting with all of their themes very well. And, and But now I'm starting to think the reason we spent all this time with Miles and Ilya and the black market 
Not that it doesn't serve those other themes, but the reason it was necessary is because they wanted to be able to have a smuggling plot point mm-hmm. as part of the mm-hmm. heist. I do really wonder if like this is the moment where they're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they have to get stuff through using like the black market on the station? And people are like, in the writer's room are like, yeah, that, yeah, let's do. And that fits with these other things, right? Like, I don't know how they built this season, but I did have that moment where I was watching this thinking, oh, see, yeah, having that character, Miles, who we've been following, and he's now in the moment where like, I know a guy and we can get him in there. That is such a great use of Miles. And I don't think that was an Mm -hmm. accident, right? I think, I feel like that was part of the, because they do build this whole season at once you end up with things like this that are not necessarily an accident but um but it leads to a really good moment and then also it fits with the themes of the season in terms of the sort of uh how does it go beyond being a military installation and and i feel yeah. like reflected in this episode where they start locking down everybody again it's like what is what is mars is one of the overall questions that the season i think is asking and maybe addressing dramatically in the last two episodes is like is it a military base yeah. No, it's got civilians. Is it controlled by Earth? Is it controlled by the M7? Is it controlled by the people who are there? Is it controlled by Danielle? Who is in charge of it? And what if the people there don't want to do what you're asking? What happens then? Yeah. We know that like Danny got exiled. All right. So like and and the other uh the astronaut got or the cosmonaut got sent back to um uh India, I guess, to stay in trial. Right. right? Yeah. Like like that's that is one of the big questions here that the that the show is sort of addressing is like how do you go from it being a little tiny base to being an actual um a, a world uh, with its own uh civilian population institutions and, and yeah yeah and, and it that's, can't that's fascinating it, it does it stay a military i mean like if you think about uh like colonialism and things like that like you don't they 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 start as being maybe more expeditions but in the end you start bringing over like families and stuff and settlers and it changes the dynamic dramatically and you know mil- from it's not a military base anymore and is that happening here too i don't know i'm i'm fascinated to see them touch on that stuff too so i hope that continues in the last couple yeah, looking forward to it. We're now on the point where we not only wrap everything up, but try to figure out where's where's for all mankind season five going. Yeah, I, and I hope there is one because I feel like this show has uh, has legs. I mean, it, it is. I, I don't think it has lost a step this season at all. I'm really yeah. enjoying it, so I hope they keep it around for for more. Is this the first four season Apple TV Plus show? Um. I don't know. Yeah, it might I don't be. Know. And, and, and morning show started earlier, I think. But I, don't no, th- I think they've only done three. Are they coming out with their four yeah, seasons? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, C. Yeah, C only did three renewed seasons. For a f- and yeah, morning show is renewed for a four. I was trying to remember right. what that initial batch renewed was for a four. of the first one. Yes, but and, I don't think it, it anyway, just did the third because it, it had a delays and stuff. Yeah. So this is one of the longest running Apple TV Plus shows, but I do I do hope they continue it because I think they haven't, haven't lost a step and I would love to see more. Um. Okay, so onward to episode nine. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening to the podcast. Happy New Year. We're releasing this at the end of the year. Happy New Year. Uh, but the episodes roll on, so we'll be on to episode nine next week. Uh, but until then, uh, you know, keep your eyes on the vending machine if one is nearby. Uh, Dan, thank you, as always. Uh, pleasure to be here, as always.